0: Good morning, Jay. Good morning, sir. Happy New Year. Buenos dias. Yes. Uh, Happy New Year. I'm so... Happy Early New Year. So excited to talk about some baseball. I'm just Uh, thinking about all the people right now that are already getting started in New York City. Um, They have their adult diapers on already like just think if you were getting ready to go out to times square right now and you put on your depends right now and you like you're probably going to wear the same one hopefully these people brought more than one pair of depends and they can at least find a place to change their depends tonight yeah yeah
1: jay did you know that you're going to come on air and talk about adult
0: diapers no i just i'm excited about new year's and i was hearing on the radio on the way here that you know they're they're, trying, they're making sure that it's real secure You know, there's no Credible threats right now to the New Year's Celebration, so I hope it goes great I hope everybody's depends, stay intact And no leaks and uh, so, I'm excited about Presta, baseball. I was actually You know why I'm talking about this Right?
2: Because it, my yeah, excitement
0: about Last year's draft Has been matched Only by the misery And the the missing out that I'm feeling right now on on this year's draft. So it's like we're about to talk about our draft lottery. And yes, we are. I don't yes. have a lot to
1: say. No, it's okay. This is a great, which is why Jay. <laughs> this <laughs> is great. Ahead, ahead. No, we're not just going to knock on you. Sure, we're going to talk about Birdlo's pickup DeGrom. I don't know if you saw on the okay. text thread last yeah. night, but yeah, that really Let's hurt talk about you know. that. Absolutely. But yeah, we should probably talk about. Well, then I how got to you pick, you know, Robert, the and then I and... went off
0: and traded him because I thought he was sandbagging, and I didn't like it, and that was also a big mistake. So mm. I think his mistake of picking McGrom, D- McGrom. <laughs> 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 his mistake of it. picking Jacob de was again matched by my mistake of trading Robert. So. Yes. All right. So, mistakes were made. Yes. Without further ado,
1: oh, it's been a long hiatus. Sorry, guys. We didn't plan on going all those two months without a podcast, but here we are about to turn the new year. We are going to cover first base and third base today. We are super excited to do so. But before we do that, we're going to go over our home leagues draft lottery. Now, Jay and I both play in a couple of leagues, uh, very similar head-to-head, Category D league style. So if you aren't a part of our league, but you are one of our avid listeners, please stay tuned. We're going to cover this for about 10 minutes, and then we'll be straight up talking about first baseman and then third baseman. So there will be plenty of things to dive into. Um, But without further ado... We've we got a special guest coming on.
0: Yes, we are going to have one of the commissioners of, our, of the Premier League on today. So, if you remember early last season, we had Jake, our other commissioner, on. So, we're going to kind of initiate 2024 with uh, our other league commissioner, Luke. So, we're going to get him on the line.
2: <laughs> now, and this
0: we're gonna is the talk-
1: co-commissioner of the Fantasy Premier League. That's right. That's right. So... Uh, don't know anybody else who'd be willing for a conference call at
0: 6.30. Right, I mean Chuck has stated his displeasure with these early morning times more than <laughs> once so eventually we're going to have to take what? a visit to back Country. Hey, if you don't get up get, get Your going. Your call has been forwarded to voicemail. Uh, the person you Did at Luke top- fall back asleep?
1: He'll call in. He'll call back. All right, so so start conversation on the drop lot here. So, okay, here's the thing. Our Fantasy Premier League, we play in two main leagues right now. We're trying to expand our, our playing leagues. But we play in the Fantasy Premier League and the Fantasy Forever League. Uh, both 16-team head-to-head categories. Now, in the Fantasy Premier League, we do a fun thing. Instead of just rewarding people by the way they finish for draft positions so say your team has a bad year and you finished last you don't just automatically get the first pick some leagues do it where you know you are the first team to miss out on the playoffs like say it's eight teams and in your ninth place you get the first pick we actually take those teams that finish nine through 16 that do not make the playoffs We do a lottery ticket system similar to the ping-pong balls of the NBA Draft Lottery. Uh, Obviously, there's incentives throughout the year where you can earn tickets. And then basically, you have a certain number of tickets that go go into a hat. And so you only have a certain number of odds to get each pick. And we just recently had...
0: Our draft lottery this past week. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, in our other league, I think the first round goes or and it's a snake draft, just like the other one. But I think it goes nine through sixteen, and then eight through one. If I'm not mistaken, that's, that's still that's how the fair. Forever that that is, makes which total is sense good. too. It's been a good system, and it's been voted on by that league, and I, I'm okay with it. I also love our lottery, and they, they've these guys have put a lot of thought into yes. this, and continue to. Add to the uh, complexity of it and the incentives for not only how you finish in the regular season, but the players that you finish the season with because there's a lot of trading players for draft picks and they're rewarding people for hanging on to their top players, which interesting point on that. Who has the who has the first pick of the draft and who is surrendering maybe two top 32 players into the draft this year and got more draft tickets because of that pale skins george actually or is that, a new, for
1: that the, a new that's a new thing that's new for going next forward. Year.
0: but that's a good example that you brought up it is a good example of he would have gotten more draft uh, lottery tickets because he hung on to Aaron Judge and... Luke However, and if
1: you were just Mr. Unlucky... Right, then right, we're going to try does, to call it, again.
0: it does not matter, so... Maybe he was... As
1: We, we tried to get the co-commissioner on the line, guys. Stay with us. We're going to... I'm going to take you into a little... Hey,
0: what's up, man? We're going to put you on speaker. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Uh, I... I, I, gotta, I gotta introduce you to our audience because they're not all for the Fantasy Premier League, but I think most of them at this point are. This is uh, Luke Funkhauser. He's a co-owner of the Fantasy Premier League, and I believe it's been going on since 2002. Is that correct, Luke? Um,
2: That is correct, 2002. We don't have a record of that year, but 2002.
1: Awesome. Hey, look, man, I... Jay and I are really excited to have you on air. Uh, we are talking about first and third base today, but we're starting on the draft lottery, and I felt like this would be a great opportunity to have you on the show to come talk about this. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, we, we did just have this draft lottery last week. Luke, was there any interesting takeaways, anything you want to touch on or talk about? Why, you got some airtime? Well, just like the luck, the how Fortuna
2: touched it, if you will. You know, I mean, Derek got so unlucky, um, shockingly unlucky. He was one of the, like, if you just go chalk, he should have been in the top
1: three. He finds himself at 13. That's crazy. And uh, I, I'm Redwood. sorry. Where was he supposed to finish if it would have went chalk?
2: He would have been one, two, or three. Like, yeah. that's how many tickets he had. He, he was tied for oh, wow. uh, ice soaps and pale
1: skins with that many tickets. And I didn't realize he fell that far. Gosh, that is crazy. And it's just, sort of like,
2: it's the variability of adding more tickets. And, and this year, there was 82 tickets. Uh, next year, I'm expecting more. I'm expecting close to 100. So at this, and I, I don't think it's going to grow and grow and grow. It's going to be somewhere around a. But when you have 100 tickets, there's going to be more variability. And that's how Redbird Nation had two tickets and somehow got the to pick. We talked about, I mean, I think everybody covets hitters, uh, especially elite bats. And we all need in that, that top section. I think me and my brother have analyzed. I mean, I, I don't know. You can go into Goldschmidt, Arenado, Alonzo, and... Something valuable there, but we, we kind of think that there, there's eight elite hitters. Redbird Nation has two tickets, and then somehow he's going to walk out of that draft with one of those players. He, he's gone gone through a tremendous positive luck stretch. You know what I mean? Because okay. last year he had the first pick, I think, and got a Cunha and sixty stolen
1: bases. And Just for the record, you're talking about Redbird Nation right now. Correct. Yes, okay. I, I agree with you. He was the luckiest person last year and this year. Well, luckiest person this year, but he was just lucky to get the first overall pick last year anyway.
0: Um. yeah, we just mentioned uh how uh it's speaking of adding tickets, how you know George uh Pale skins hung on to two elite players that he is now going to surrender into the draft this year. And uh, you guys added some tickets, which he may not have benefited from this time. I think that's going to go into effect next year. But we were, I was just talking about how um, you're going to reward people for holding onto those players for that, that we will surrender to the draft if they're top 32 players Um you know, so he—I guess—he didn't need that those extra tickets um, to get the first pick, but he would have benefited from that going into next season. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey uh, Luke, I got a, I got a question for you. I'm gonna
1: pop one live on air. This just popped in my head as you were talking, and I—I I feel like you guys have done such a great job of orchestrating this draft lottery to make this. Just a little bit more entertaining of our process. Do you foresee a scenario where we potentially in the future could trade lottery tickets? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sorry, I I had to say that. I was was just thinking, I was like, how cool would that be? Hey, I got nine tickets, but if I shove you this player over, maybe you can give me two of your tickets. (laughs) <laughs> but, but no I, I, I guess right now I say no to that but I, I don't know yeah, this thing is always I know those random it just popped in my head and I was like oh that would be hilarious
2: yeah, um, back to George though like he's got such an interesting pick at one because you know he's got he's surrendered judge and bets is he is he partial to again, or does he just go for Julio Rodriguez? Probably a lot of people think he's the best player in the draft. Well, George is also selected in our history. He selected Freddie Freeman at third overall when everybody in the league thought Freddie Freeman was like 12, 13, 14. This was like six years ago, if you will. So
1: there's just a number of names there. I have no idea who George was. Thank you. What? Jay and I have kind of talked about this. We started. We're going to do a mock draft special in March, but I mean, there's a lot of talent. I I do feel personally like there's a clear top five, uh, and Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Wood Jr., Mookie Bass, Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge. Not in that particular order, just. You know, some people could jumble those up, but do you, do you agree with that or do you do you have maybe a little bit different view of a top five? I'd like to hear your input on maybe what you feel like, how you would. But I, I don't. Oh, shit. Oh, hold on one
0: second. Um, uh, you're good. So, um, oh, I just remembered. I I just Jake's, remembered the last time we were going to have you on. I think your dog puked all over the floor. Shit, he shit all over oh, the he floor. shit all over the floor. That's right. Yeah.
2: yeah, I probably should have just taken the call, but I'm like freaking out. But just oh. your, your your question about the top five. Yeah. I mean, clearly you're not putting Jordan Alvarez in there, and I see the I see him as a, in the top six. Those other five guys, and based on what Matt Olsen oh. did for you. Last year, and like he's not going anywhere. He's still in Atlanta. He's yeah, playing first base every day. He's a slugger. If he can hit thirty-five home runs, like it's a top seven. There's seven elite bats. Um I, I don't know how yeah. that really answers your question.
1: I, I guess I just I don't. It kind of <laughs> does, and it's kind of a perfect segue into it. So like, like I'm looking at like I see more than seven elite bats, but I see. Varying levels of it. I, 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 I agree with you. Well, I mean, I, I told you personally, I didn't think J Rod, uh, Witt, Freeman, Betts, and Judge, at least for me, that's my top five. I'm not quite clear on the order, but I had Jose Ramirez as a sixth. And it sounds like you view Jordan Alvarez as a sixth, which I don't discount. I had Jordan in the top ten. Uh, there's just so much talent there. And then at some point, someone's going to take Spencer Strider. Uh, I I do feel like... Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Jay?
0: Well, Luke brought up two interesting names, and I think it goes to... It kind of goes back to the, the point about just people's preference. And you hold those two guys up, Jordan Alvarez and um, Matt Olson. And, I mean, for one thing, I feel like, you know, the, the previous season twenty twenty two you know matt Olson i think the batting average it was it went way down you know it was it was it was way down and you know for whatever reasons but he still hit like i don't, i over fifty doubles or something like that so you knew that you know it was kind of a that's a good it's point. just a sample it's just a one season sample size i think every you know you you just and it makes people drop in the fantasy rankings but if you are paying attention you know that there's probably not really anything wrong you're you're when you're really analyzing things and you're like we are and you look at things you're in and you're out you're just trying to make sure there's no injury there or you know something like that right that's that's taking away his power or making him not effective at the plate right and with Jordan Alvarez, you've got to consider the injury history, but you've also got the fact that things have shaken out where, you know, he's no longer probably going to be playing in the outfield. So that's probably a good thing for fantasy owners, right? So all of those things come into play. And when we talk about the positions in a little bit, of course, we have to try to parse out redraft leads versus Keeper leagues, which we're in a keeper league, it's a special type of yes. keeper league. So it's kind of, you know, everything we talk about is tailored to our Premier League. So it gets complicated. It gets, yeah, complicated. It gets that very up. complicated. I am looking at even the first round, Luke. I I've
1: studied some of your teams for the last five years to see the way you construct it. It, it does seem from the outside that you prefer to get not only power, but power with a good average and a solid track record of it. And that kind of leads me to believe, is that why you would prefer a player like Jordan Alvarez versus a player like Jose Ramirez? If I had the second pick in the draft, I can't tell
2: you a would take taking Alvarez over Ramirez. But I can't look back on my time with Jordan Alvarez Negatively, I mean we we live in an era now where I think people are looking, people in professional sports they're looking at other professional sports and how can we get an edge and I think MLB teams have learned from NBA teams that you know what we need to keep he- we need to keep
0: players healthy and I think they I think they've made up fake injuries for Jordan Albrecht multiple times throughout this last oh year. absolutely that's a thing in baseball now absolutely
2: yeah, yeah. But in the end dude. You're now red, did a home run on Sunday against Jake in the final that wound up finishing him off. Him and Seager basically went back to back, and, and so he got me a title, you know. And, and when he was in that lineup, he was danger. I was way more dangerous with him. But I, when you're up there in the top three or four and, and got to choose between all these gold nuggets, your durability is definitely. Uh, a concern, and that's where you go for a guy like Julio Rodriguez, who's younger, seemingly um, more athletic, you know, you're afraid of him playing center field of doing in grip doing your um, diving catches, like was scaring me on that a couple years ago, because I was watching and I was like, oh my god, this guy's gonna get hurt every year for the three years of his career, you know, because he's doing crazy things in the outfield, Yeah, but you know, that there's pluses and minuses. I, obviously, did Ramirez, I, his, his stolen bases are otherworldly.
1: That, that's um, what I was going to play into. It, it seems like the difference between a player like Jose Ramirez, Jordan, and Alvarez is with Alvarez, you get more power, but there's no speed. And you've got, um, I pulled up his Fangraph page, like, you're going to he's gonna have, he's going to take an IL stand at some point in the year because if you look back on it, uh, last year he had 496 plate appearances, the year before that 561, those are still solid totals, but when you're talking about a first or second round pick, you almost ideally want 600 plate appearances, I believe. Oh
2: yeah. But the thing I would definitely think in our keeper, equation, you're not, this is this is a, Two year draft pick. Yeah. You know, so like the thing that I'm going to knock on Ramirez is, is Tito Franco is gone now. Um, I think Cleveland's going to sink for the next five years until they wind up, like they'll probably trade Jose Ramirez in like two years or maybe I, three, right?
1: I'm kind of surprised they hadn't already, to be honest.
2: I think they sink. I, I don't. I don't think Houston's ready to sink. I don't like what they've done uh, the off season yet, but I'm still expecting. I'm still expecting them to get Dylan Cease. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. I and then if they get Dylan Cease, then all of a sudden Houston is. I don't know what Seattle's doing. I thought they were going to win the World Series, but now they're like yeah. trading everything away and oh, stuff. Man. So it, it looks like Houston's not dead yet. You know. So
0: are the Twins going to be the? AL Central.
1: Well, the, tig- the Tigers are up and coming, are the but the have been up to... for three years now. That's gonna
0: be fun to watch. Uh, just pl-
1: it's uh, actually Luke. Uh, before we get you off there, this is a good segue too. Uh, I think there's a player that you and I share uh, a good, uh, a positive taste for, and that's Pablo Lopez. Uh, talk, talk to me for a little bit, if you will, about. About that that player, what what you like about him? Maybe what well, I traded him. I traded him to George, so because I didn't want him to go to your team, and then <laughs> he
2: wound, up, and then he wound up on your team anyway. So it's like
1: okay, huh? It's funny that you happens. Know,
2: in the future, any player that I trade, I know they're going to eventually wind up on Paul's team. So I can't trade players that I don't want to be going against me. <laughs> but you know, I'll I'll bring this up. I'm sure you won't be happy about this, but but like me making a trade, I definitely was leery about because of how good he had been for me and and, and what I thought he would have become. The year before, he kind of like went south with statistics because the organization drafted him that he kind of viewed, I guess, like a father figure. All of a sudden, was talking about trading him. It'll it'll affect anybody, and then he winds up going. To your team and he he the most important start of the year was that start against the White Sox against me on your team um, in the semifinals and I was thinking oh my god Pablo Lopez is going to wreck my season right now it, it was, it was going to go one way or the other and in the end White Sox wound up hitting home runs off of me knocking him out of the game early it's probably one of the main reasons you
0: lost and I, well, felt vind- I felt vindicated, but I, I still, I still liked the player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I glad you too, brought that I up. Was one of the interested at, teams yeah. going
0: into the into last season?
1: At that point, though, Luke, like to your credit, you were right. Like I believe we were tied eight eight going into Friday night. I had Pablo Lopez and Cole Regan's going in like a two days. If if you remember, Cole Reagans got hit up too. So I really like. I mean our matchup could have gone either way but yes but I also think that you ultimately would have still won because I think your bats were stronger one through nine than mine were
2: I I mean I I don't know I I didn't remember the Reagans you you know you remember we can't remember everything right but players like on my team when they go to somebody else's team and then they wind up Hurting me I remember
0: that shit yeah yeah <laughs> I remember our matchup in the in the playoffs too i, I remember every last like detail <laughs> Luke oh my God Luke. Um, and it, it's the same thing with me like no matter what I did Luke was gonna beat me in the first week of the playoffs like I literally went back and and second guessed everything I did and even if I would have been perfect so it was it was it was destined to happen Luke what can I say? Give me
2: too much credit I, like I don't know I've never talked to you guys about this but that that last finals day um that final Sunday you know I had an anxiety attack oh I, my I couldn't God. I couldn't watch the fucking TV and, and I know you guys were going through similar stuff um but I wind up we're gonna forever whenever me and Jake talk about this he's gonna have some kind of asterisk in his mind because he feels like if he had just played that last day differently, he would he would have won. Actually, statistically, he can prove that. If he would have just played these guys, he would sure. have won. Sure. And he,
0: he didn't play those guys because he's thinking I'm going to pull off some boogeyman magic. And yeah. It really is capable. so easy. We're all to susceptible. To, we're all susceptible yes. to it. I really believe that, and. You know, as much as I—that's—that was basically my takeaway from our matchup. Is I made a lot of beelines and a lot of different decisions that leading into the first week of the playoffs well, that I Jay, thought were going to help me and actually hurt me. Um, but you know, Jay, hindsight's twenty twenty.
1: Hindsight is twenty twenty. But if I remember, we did a podcast right before, and I pretty we much laid your it all team, out. You had. You didn't have a full deck card for the first No, I did not. Days. The
0: first two days. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have had, a full lineup. And that yeah, was, and that, that I feel you. was a managing mistake. Like, because I added some more pitchers going into the week. I mean, I, I do feel that, like, if I would have hung on to my bench players like Mauricio Dubon, who hit a, like, big home run in the first day of the playoffs, I would have made it closer than what it was, but I still would have lost, essentially. It's the long short of it. But uh, I I have to give you the credit,
1: cause. All right. Well, uh, Luke, we, we got to get to talking about first and third base here. Is there anything, uh, that, anything else do you want to say or or ask to the listeners on uh, while you're on the air? <laughs>
2: researchers you guys have but I do enough research during the season
0: where I feel like you ask me about a player I'm going to have nothing in. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we had a I have had a little bit longer off season like we we get we got right back into it and started like talking about the catcher position and some other things but then I've taken another kind of hiatus here but we're going to get right back into it and uh we're going to have you on again in, in 2024, and I know that you, um, I know that you have some podcasting aspirations too, and not only with baseball, but with other things too. And we share that. And so I hope that we can share some more airtime in the future, because if you want to talk about conspiracy theories or if you want to talk about science. Um, I'm I'll, your man, Luke. I'll leave you. That you up can to have me I on J. your podcast.
1: Okay. Uh, one more thing for you, uh, Mr. Co Commissioner here. I I want to leave you with this nugget. So we talked about Pablo Lopez. I don't know I, I know your preparation is a little bit different from from mine, as as hopefully that that contributes to the diversity of the league, we all prepare in our different ways. But Uh, Nick Pollock did a great show, an interview with Pablo Lopez himself, where they broke down one of his starts, pitch by pitch, and it was a September start. I've never seen that. And, And the fantasy community as a whole is just getting more data and more research. Like, we are actually getting, I feel like, to the point to where, like, I know... I know we are not the players but like I feel like we're closer than ever before and to be able to see one of the, the industry's leading experts have that kind of air time with one of the game's better pitchers I, I found really exciting so I, I don't know you had heard of it but if you go to the pitcher list it's uh, about an hour hour and a half long and Pablo Lopez sits down and He goes through, like, his thought process, pitch by pitch. Uh, It was an early September start against the Angels. Just check it out if you
2: get a chance. If I still owned him, I'd be geeking out on that stuff. It's funny. I I view... Yeah. It's a a delusion, whatever, but I view my players as, like,
0: players. Oh, me too, man. I'm right there with you.
2: Yeah. You guys have a second league, and and I, I don't want... I never want a one or second league because I feel like it dilutes it. Like you have a share in, in lots of different guys, and I just want to have a. Yeah,
1: I mean, Luke, I share that because there's. I held out
0: for a long time. Me too. Doing I waited this. a long time, long time. But it is nice to have shares of other players. I mean, it. it I was able to be a Matt Olson owner in the other league, and that was a big deal. You know, that meant a lot, but I, I agree with you. It's it's made it hard. It's I've It's been a couple year adjustment period. But you got Vlad
2: to watch now. I think we should bring this up. I, I mean, we're going to wind up going to a. a I don't know if this is fully set and stuff or, or not, but it seems like we're kind of directing towards this June 29th Guardians Royals game against City at 410.
1: And I have nobody in that game. I'm going to have nobody. <laughs> That's a Saturday, <laughs> yeah. right? Is that a Saturday or a Friday? It's a Saturday. Okay, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. we're on board with that day. We were talking about that beforehand. I think if we could get eight-plus guys there, that would be awesome.
2: I mean, Jake said something about, I don't know if this makes a better podcast, but Jake, last time, it was like a couple years ago, I was on a road trip, I went all the way to Oregon, went to the Pacific Ocean, and then I stayed in Denver on the way back, picked Jacob at the airport, and Pokes, Joel, he came into town, and we went to the Home Run Derby, and that was a great experience, you know, and and so I really, kind of what I'm looking at this summer, I'm going to get up to Omaha somewhere around like June 14th, June 15th, and then I'm going to head west do some stuff in Wyoming for two weeks and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to hang out with you guys in Kansas City but I, I'll plan on being there Friday night um, and I'm hoping Jake will like fly on that Friday night
0: I hope I- we can too, be there on Friday we had a great experience this last year and you were one of the missing pieces so yes I hope this all comes together
1: yeah, we well, were amongst the Swifties That's, that was so <laughs> fun, I'm like there we are uh, after fun. after a day of drinking beer out in the sun, and we're on this beautiful rooftop bar with these glitzy, glamorous Swifties, and we're talking on a podcast live about fantasy baseball. <laughs> it, was, it was fun.
0: Yeah, after we sweat in those red seats in, in Great American Small Park, then we got to be around all the Swifties. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, dude,
2: I'm coming professional sports, okay, not NFL. I, I don't need to go to another NFL game. I, I want, like, the good, the best sporting experiences that you can get in the United States of America and in the world. Like, if I was in India, I'm not playing I was going to India, but if I was in India, dude, I would definitely take in a cricket game. Absolutely.
0: They think serious. Yeah, so, the next step is the Olympics or the World Cup or something. Yes, dude,
2: we world have World to... Cup, it's, it's coming to... Dude, there will definitely be a game in Miami. I bet there will be a game in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, my gosh.
0: If that happens, I'm there, Luke. I'm right there with you. 100%. I, I, I'm ready to experience that. I'm ready to take that in. Twilight,
2: uh, you guys brought up Kansas City, and I definitely want to shoot it down because I want to get to the College World Series. I, I don't care if it's a final game or if it's like a first-round game between... Rice and Texas, I, I just think, I, I've heard, anybody that's gone there, they don't regret it.
1: Oh yeah, interesting.
2: Anyway, first baseman and third baseman, what do you want to know? I got, I got Josh Young at the top of the list, Tristan Costas at the top, I know those guys are actually up there, but I'm keeping them, and I'm, I'm hoping, well, I'm hoping that Josh stays healthy the whole, and, the Rangers will be
1: good and, and he will be good. That lineup was good. I'll give you um, a little sneak peek, Luke. This is what we did. Now Jay did a little preparation on his own, but I know he's just a little preoccupied. I I broke down my first base ranking like back in around Thanksgiving and I just completed my third base. And these are obviously modifiable, but I took okay, I ranked my top twenty. Um with, with, the, with the caveat being, this isn't for a 12-team redraft. It's for a 16-team head-to-head, which is what we play. But I will say what I also did amongst those top 20 is I averaged out the stats of the top 16. Uh, I left out doubles and hits because we're trying to reach out to an audience that doesn't always utilize those stats. But I, I simply did... The five main ones, runs, home runs, RBIs, average, OPS, and then also added in, um oh my guess, stolen race, yes, OPS is the additional stat. So anyway, those six stats, I averaged out the top 16, and so for a little sneak peek for you is I created the prototypical first baseman and third baseman that you would be gunning to get what, what their average production is, Um and... You'd be surprised. Well, probably not surprised, but, uh, you know, we'll ta- we'll allude to this a little bit later on. But, you know, I came up with a stat line, and I believe first base was, like, 27 home runs, 89 RBIs. Third base was, like, 25 home runs, like, 83 RBIs. Um, I think the rule changes they made in the game last year made it so that I remember third base being very shallow going into last year, and there's a lot more options this year, but it still looks as if first base takes the cake from the power department. So, uh, we're going to use that as a segue to start our first base, but you're more than welcome to stay on air and criticize me for my rankings, or are you going to exit stage left? It's totally up to you.
0: on me to feed it, for sure. Um fun. Hey, we uh, don't want to have any more bathroom emergencies, so absolutely, <laughs> you, you do what you need to do. We're going to have you on again in 2024. Um, we're looking forward to another fun season, so thanks for all the work that you and Jake do leading up to this. Thank you, absolutely, thank you. Hey, perfect,
2: and I can't wait to, um, yes
0: yes and thank you for being our league historian and side pot expert we do appreciate that so that's always fun i'm excited that more and more people are are taking part in that so hopefully we get even more this year and when i record something about the mothman
2: or something i'm definitely gonna give you a call Jake.
0: oh yeah definitely
1: all right thanks all right thanks for coming on air luke we appreciate you Bye-bye. All right. So. Sorry, guys. I I know we went a little long on that, but that is an important uh, aspect of what we're trying to do. We're trying to pull the fantasy baseball community together. And as we start reeling these podcasts off, which is so important for us to give you guys a taste of where we're coming from. And. Uh that, that guy right huge there has been on me man. Yes, that guy Him right and there
0: basically were my biggest mentors in fantasy baseball and have brought me up to where I am now. They taught me innumerable where, lessons about fantasy baseball. Where are you now, Jay? Many of them <laughs> without
1: a first round pick, without a third I mean, round yeah, pick, okay, without I'm not a figure that
0: and that's 100% on me. That's why I say I have been brought up and now those are my decisions to live with. That is a hundred percent on me. Um, but a lot of the stuff, like like I say, that some of the like nuggets and the and the crystallized you know messages that they've given to me, I tried to I tried to relay some of those in our podcast from last year. And I hope that they helped someone um, last year understand some things about about fantasy baseball and constructing your roster and how to evaluate players and I really hope too that we just keep getting more and more views Um, I really think that if people can sit through our long podcast you know we might have to start making some more like shorter ones um, that people can digest and and take in but I think we're getting to a good place here and we're going to talk about that Texas lineup again. That's for sure. That was yeah, but before we do, mentioned. we're going
1: to touch on... All right. So we're going to reel through these uh, first base, third base rankings. Again, these are uh, based off of head-to-head categories. Rochester format can follow this too. Um, even though these are week-to-week play leagues. So we Daily lineup leagues that so we play in. Uh, so... What we did is, as I was alluding to earlier, is we have a child. Uh, we we took we took. I ranked twenty. Jay, I don't know if you ranked twenty-two.
0: My list is longer, but I just, that's that's just because with these two positions, it gets so hard when you it get does. to like even ten to fifteen, but certainly fifteen all the way down to thirty. There are so many question marks, and you could do things You could think of things differently. And so that's why I made my list longer because I feel like there might be a conversation to be had about some of these guys. I
1: hope there is.
0: Oh, there certainly is. I mean, whether or not we can get to it today, but I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of those names. Yeah, in a let's but get into this. That's why I put more names on my list so that I could maybe bring some of these things up. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to write
1: all the list off that I? Mean. I'll talk about it. You want me to you wanna do go your through? Top them? Five?
0: Yeah, you go through them. You you decide when you think is a good stopping point.
1: Okay. All right. So for first base, I I feel like I rank Freddie Freeman first. I rank Bryce Harper second. Matt Olson third. Pete Alonso fourth. And Vlad Jr. Fifth. Um, little nuggets on this. Freddie Freeman is the most consistent bat i feel like in baseball over the last 10 years i'm um, not saying he's the best he's the most consistent and he plays on the dodgers he scored 131 freaking runs last year okay unbelievable. <laughs> and, he, and he he's just the safest bet for a 300 average um, and 100 plus runs and lots of other accounted stats i uh, had 102 rbis too um uh, Bryce Harvey used to be outfield. Now he's first base eligibility. I feel like that really helps the team contact with the Phillies, but we're not going to get into that for fantasy purposes. I I think um, I think his numbers look a little underwhelming when you compare them, but he was coming off of uh, Tommy John surgery, if you remember. So it took him until like July or August before Man, he was poor completely Reese
0: right. Hoskins losing his job and losing his position to you injury. Know, not to injury, but to Bryce Harper. Yeah, but you know, Reece, but I hope he signs with a good team. I think he's got he's kind to of offer. vanilla. You yeah, know he is. I think he's got something to offer a team. Like I don't know, maybe the Cubs, but we'll see how things shake yeah. out. Yeah.
1: Um, going through the rest of these, Matt Olson, I I love, I I can't say enough. Uh, Luke, the guy that we had on uh, just now, would have said he was my talisman. I don't know if I said that right. The striker in soccer, your main go-to player. Oh, yeah. So anyway, like he was my go-to bat down the stretch. Like 127 runs, 54 home runs, 139 RBIs. This is a career. I'm buying into a little regression. I think that he's due for. I don't think that he's a 280 hitter. I think he's more of a 250 hitter. But I still feel like he's going to be a top five first
0: baseman. Probably I have him ranked third. If you average out 2022 and 2023, I mean, you it. it's, and what you haven't put in your rankings is doubles, which he is a doubles machine. Man is a doubles machine. So let's I not think
1: he was that. more or less, too, in Oakland with the cavernous outfield. But yeah. now that he's in Atlanta, you're trading some of the doubles for homers, which we'll take. We'll take that. <laughs> um, Pete Alonso, this this is an interesting one. So I'm hearing varying reviews on him. So like, people are looking at his bad average from last year and they're being like, "Oh shit!" Like two seventeen, like and that Mets, Mets organization just like all of a sudden they're Schwarmer spending stats money. in is
0: this Pete Alonso stats? Well,
1: no, this is I'm Pete just Alonso. <laughs> Yeah, I love Kosh. Just making Warver.
0: fun of that batting average. I'm a keeping bit.
1: Kosh Forver, too, by the way. Anyways. nothing wrong um, with that. So, like, this is a polarizing player because he he also hit 46 home runs, 118 RBIs, and scored almost 100 runs. So, this has really turned into a three true outcomes player, very similar to Kosh Forver. Yeah. You know? Um,. Big boy gets lots of home runs, lots of strikeouts now I don't know what his walk rate is versus four
0: fourby is very good at getting it you on know, base well but an eight twenty two ops so yeah it
1: says man. says enough About um that. i think I think he's going to increase that batting average back up to maybe like two thirty uh but his power production alone is enough to keep him in the top five Vlad Jr. is the one that the industry just can't get a hold of. You know, he's been propped up for four years now. And it seems like we're still waiting for him. And he's still so young. I think he's like 24. Um, So we'll see. That's my top five. And then...
0: uh, So I think this year could be that career year that we've been waiting for. We've been saying that for like three years. I mean... whether or not it's the statistics bear out that it's like, you know, far and away this top 10, you know, fantasy player season, like, I'm excited to have him. I've got my top five as Freeman, Olsen, Vlad, Harper, and Pete Alonso for some of the reasons that you alluded to. Freeman is far and away. If you're looking at just ADP too, I mean, he's a full round ahead of Bryce Harper in 10 team leagues. So it's it's hard to argue with that now mine are just a little bit different i'm with you on matt olson um i think he's great and i just it's it's hard between him and vlad like i feel like i could honestly like go either way but i you know jay i i'm
1: really glad you mentioned your top five i'm so excited i've got a point of contention with you and I've already stated in my top five This is what I want to know I want you to elaborate I want you to explain to me Why You have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Ranked ahead of Bryce Harper
0: Because of age And I mean that's one of the biggest things Honestly like I just Not that I, I mean I think that is Bryce Harper's gonna be more durable at first base, he's going to be able to play first base and DH. I also think that they've got, uh, they've paved the way for him to. I mean, not that, not that him getting at bats is ever a question or anything like that. But they, they're they're going to make the most of the roster that they have, and that's great. And I've always been a Bryce Harper fan. I just. I have I'm just leaning a little bit into the younger upside of, of Vlad. I mean, I'm not real excited about some of Vlad's injury history. Um he's had some knee issues, he's had some wrist, I think, issues. I'm not real happy about that, but he's just so much younger. I'm going with in baseball he's like a full generation younger than so Harper and that's really why so I've got him so, it's a durability issue. That's that's okay. my main thing. Which okay. this okay. is a this is kind of a sketchy argument for me to make because, like I said, Vlad has had some knee issues that have made him miss time several times throughout last season and the season before that. So it's it's a little scary. So
1: so just for the Lister audience for twenty twenty four, you rank Vladimir Guerrero Junior. three at Bryce Harper four. Yeah. For first
0: baseman. And Pete Alonso, it's some of the things you alluded to. It's the batting average. And I just... But I think that Pete Alonso always passes the eye test for me. I think when you watch him play, you're looking at a confident, consummate, professional power hitter. Um, And there's really, like, not... It's not that he leaves a whole lot to be desired. But it's really just the batting average. Like, if I'm... If I'm drafting somebody in the top 30, like, I want them to have a 300 average, not a 215 or a okay. 230 average, you know? That's not a top 30 player for me. Like, I just can't do it.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Joe. Yeah. I, I think a good way it's to go through the rest of, of this so we can get through this is... I'm going to say my 6 through 10, and you pick one player, and maybe you have a point of contention or, or something you want me to elaborate on, and then I'll give it to you. You say your 6 through 10, and then we'll do the same. And yeah. then we'll go to 11 to 15. And then we're going to stop at 15, and I've, I've got a special treat for you guys because I've got that added average line uh the, the prototypical player line that I want to go over, but anyway, so my six through ten, I go Paul Goldschmidt six, Cody Bellinger seven, Christian Walker eight, Vinny Pasquantino nine, and Josh Naylor ten. Um, any points of contention
0: for you? There anything you want clarification on? Um. So I'll just rattle through mine real quick. We can go back and forth a little bit. I've got Bellinger, Goldschmidt, Nolan Jones, Spencer Steer. And it gets really hard at 10. It could be anybody between, like, five guys, five or six guys for me, to be quite honest with you. Like, I finished with Christian Walker right there, to be honest with you. If it was, like, gun to my head right now, I'm probably picking Pasquantino – you know, maybe even Nathaniel Lowe, Tristan Cassis, Ryan Mountcastle, or Josh Naylor above that guy. It gets so hard right now. But I won't contend with you about the tenth. Like this is gonna be we're we're gonna talk about tenth through 15th 15 yeah, 15 in a minute here. Yeah, and yeah. You're yeah. gonna have something to say about that. So, so but just briefly, like, I've got Bellinger over Goldschmidt just because again, it's it's about it's about age in a way. It's about Wanting to see Cody Bellinger get back to the player that he was, I think there's a chance. I think there's an inroad there for him to provide quite a bit of value. Goldschmidt had a great season last year. I just don't. He's just too old in ter- for me in terms of fantasy to be spending this kind of pick on. And Nolan Jones, I'm tempted to put him above Goldschmidt just for the okay. same reason. Okay, because okay. Of let's, age pump, and let, let,
1: let's pump the brakes here. Okay. Nolan Jones was a hype prospect in the Cleveland Guardians organization for quite some time and never panned out. He goes to Coors. Going into August, the future of first base was Michael Toglia. It wasn't Nolan Jones. He just had a really hot stretch from August through September. And I might be that guy, that... Um, podcast personality Contrarian. that you guys are going to remember Look at the i am not drinking nolan jones kool-aid that's fair show me again
0: yeah sure yeah i that's think he went rating. in a you need to see a, a whole incredible
1: season incredible hot streak yeah, in august yeah. and september now do i think he's in a great place to play in course yeah i think he can totally replicate that and he has the prospect hype to do so Wilfie? I'm not so sure. He's and got I, the
0: inroad to the middle of the lineup. He's going to have every opportunity. But the middle in of the lineup to drive in who? I know. And well, Charlie Blackman, of course, the forty-year-old. Um, he's
1: not forty;
0: he's like thirty. No,
1: like Blackman has his values too. But yes, yeah, to this point, I'm getting at Just is get on
0: base. I don't know like if
1: he can run anymore. His get ADP base. is going to get so high come March that it's there's going to be no. No return value on your investment. You're going to have to spend... Some Is it going to be in the top to 50
0: in March? I Is it going to be... I, I don't know. 75? Yes. All
1: right. Yes. He's going to be top 75. All right. And I will if not that If that's the
0: case, then he'll be... I will just not below Gold pay Schmidt. that price. Um, it's...
1: I, let's, let's see another that's year. a good argument. Let's see what Nolan Jones does this coming year. Because uh, I could look like... I could look like an idiot... Right now Or I could look like Hey You called it You know You know no you,
0: can, you can see how I'm valuing Young Age and upside I mean it's yeah. quite obvious I think there's a balance mind. To be had here though there certainly
1: is Let, let's, We're let's talking go, about
0: Redraft versus keeper too Again, Yeah yeah But, but let's keep it already... In perspective
1: of the players themselves And throw the league contact out Sure Paul Goldschmidt We've seen he plays a position that's not that physically taxing, and for thirty six year a uh, thirty six year old, which is what this will be his age thirty six or age thirty seven season. Either way, he's he's an athletic built thirty six or thirty seven year old. I feel like he's going to have a bounce of back over here his
0: career, I believe, and I
1: yeah. think team contact. But I think the Cardinals just had a down year. And so his death didn't look as good Because of what happened around him But even as a Cubs fan I gotta say Watch out for the Cardinals this year okay. I, I think I think Goldschmidt's gonna surprise me But I think he's gonna be back to his ways and I think he's got at least two more years of elite production. I feel bad. like
0: much like the Reds the Cardinals have cleared the way for some of their younger players to take on bigger roles and it's going to be a different it's going to be a different season for them. Like I think they're probably going to hit the ground running and get back to some of their winning ways. Yes. Anything else with five to ten, six
1: to ten? No, I mean, I, I could, I could poke fun at how I think my Cubs are going to spend a shit ton of money on Cody Bellinger, and it's going to make him throw up and get <sighs> extremely nauseous. But it's hard. That, I feel similar. But I that, mean, that being said, I, I'm going to pass on talking about him because I, I just,
0: yeah,
1: I don't buy his stats. I rank him seven because he's a talented player, but. I, I'm afraid that he's the type of player that's going to get paid and he's going to turn into a a 200 batting average with, like, you know, a 705 OPS and, you know, a league record strikeout rate or something, something stupid like that. That's just my worst-case scenario fear, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. Let's go into 11 and 15. Jason
0: Hayward contract. 11. Oh, God, don't talk to me. About that sorry, he's still I playing. He's productive. The Dodgers.
1: Thanks, I appreciate that, Jay. So
0: uh, if I could take you over the top.
1: Yeah, well, let's right. go. You're gonna make me need some Zofran here. In in know, a I was
0: gonna say that you need some Zofran.
1: Yeah, nurse, nurse, be Preventative
0: Zofran's more of a preventative. You know, if you start throwing up, we got to get the thinner gun now, Yeah.
1: But. Well, we're right. gonna have to get IVX access on me first. I got pretty good pains. Anyways, guys. That's good. All right, so eleven to fifteen. I'm sitting here looking. I'm, I'm getting excited about this group of players. All right, I'm so happy, for me, Spencer Corkelson at eleven. I've got Yanni Diaz at twelve. That's a that's more respect to what he just did than what I think he's going he's going to do.
0: Um,
1: and then I got Spencer Steer, who's your jack of all trades, master none, at thirteen. Uh, Tristan Casas, I rank fourteen, and then I round out the top fifteen with Andrew Bond. With who? Uh, Andrew Bond.
0: Okay. It, it gets so hard. Here. It does. Like I it said, really like, does. And this is my hot take for today. Okay. Oh, I'm, taking, I'm excited. I'm all I'm taking right. Anthony Santander over Spencer Torkelson in drafts as my first baseman. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, man. Okay. Well he's he breaks the top fifteen. Can for we me look it up before and see if he's first base eligible? He will be first base eligible in twenty twenty four. Look it up on Fangraphs, but no I, he I'm, played I'm at take least, your word for it. he played at least six at the at the uh first base position, yeah. So he had a little stretch. At you're taking first Santander race. over who? Spencer Torkelson. Are you taking him over every player I just named? No. I've got him actually at 16. Okay. But I've got Pasquantino, Nathaniel Lowe, Tristan Cassis, Ryan Mountcastle, and Josh Naylor. But this is so hard. Here's I, my I, hot take for you I don't even rank Nate Lowe in my top 20. I um, wouldn't have either until I saw what I saw again last year and knowing where he's gonna be in the Texas lineup. this is gonna come up with him and it's also good probably gonna come up at the third pace position about that lineup but he's gonna be hitting behind Simeon and Seeger. No he's and maybe not. in front of a guy like where is he gonna hit in the lineup seven that's seven? where he
1: was in the playoffs right? They were yeah, hitting the regular in
0: season in the playoffs is kind of different.
1: It is, know? it is. And, I and, mean, and, and, and he's going to be hitting Jake.
0: in front maybe of a guy like Jonah Heim. Then look at the bottom part of but the lineup. he's still Ezekiel you're in the Duran is their spot. worst player in the bottom of the lineup, and he's good.
1: Everybody's going to be drinking the Wyatt Langford Kool-Aid. You heard about that guy? Dude, I don't want to talk about prospects, man. I can't oh, even, I'm, I'm feeling I, I like we need even, to have a prospect don't podcast Don't even try to
0: make me talk about prospects oh No, I will gosh. I will in a dedicated podcast Okay, but I All right, cannot, that's fair I cannot <laughs> even And you're talking about The World Series Texas Rangers right now Anyways, let's keep going um, oh,
1: That's got a ring to it, doesn't it? Like, would you have ever thought The World Series Texas Rangers
0: Um, <laughs> yes I mean, you know, the I just like the question, all the questions got answered, you know, all, all the questions got answered, you know, they're, they're like, they're going into last season with like similar questions of like, is Willie Calhoun going to be in their lineup almost every day? And then it was like, okay, all the questions are answered. Like, okay, there's no big gaping I, holes. There's no problems here. This is a this is a championship caliber team. Maybe pitching you could have you know, kinda of picked apart, you know, the bullpen, there's no outright closer, but I mean all the questions got answered, dude. I'm seeing and the guys that were struggling during the season showed up in the playoffs. I mean Leclerc, you know, as an example of it's like, Can you count on this guy in an important role in the playoffs? Yep, sure can.
1: I'm seeing something I need to point out before I go to this average style. line. I know we have to move over to third base. Um, Andrew Vaughn's tough for me, too. He yeah, almost
0: breaks it's his list.
1: It's uh hard. Let's talk about Tristan Casas, just for like 30 seconds. Um, I owe Luke, Mr. Co-Commissioner, I owe you this because you said he was a... Uh, towards the top of your list i don't know where you even rank i i do rank him i rank him 14th some people might think that's a bit low my reasoning is twofold here first of all lineup support and protection i i do think boston has some pieces uh to have multiple good fantasy bats i'm just not sure you know uh what kind of year are we going to get From a guy like Jaron Duran yeah. um, You know you have Raphael Devers there yeah. uh, Trevor Story Going to look like the Trevor Story of old Like there, there's right. some pieces there But yeah. What scares me from ranking Tristan Costa's top 10 Is his His season Was If you were looking at his Uh Season line in April, May, and even early June, and his batting average was horrible, but you were seeing his uh exit velocities and his stat cast numbers under the hood were telling you he's gonna get better, and he did. He took off sometime it was sometime around June, like mid June he started to really take off actually. Um, If you look at his his season line, like, if you throw out April, it looks much better. But he started to take off in the summer, and he finished with some really good numbers. But the the stat cast numbers under the hood, while he finished with those good numbers, were saying he's not this good. There's some regression that you need to bake in.
0: I agree with you. I so think he's kind of a middling hard. player, and it is hard. This I, is I hard. do believe that in my core that he's just kind of right in the middle and maybe doesn't belong in this top 10, uh, or, well, top 15, I guess we're saying. Um, you know, Ryan Mountcastle is my other hot take, dude. I cannot yeah. take him off of this top 15 list. And it's the, – the Baltimore Orioles lineup is – it's in flux, and I don't know what it's going to look like day in and day out next um, year. They've um, got people Jay, that they try Jay. to give at bats to, like Ryan O'Hearn. They've got Santander. Jay, they've Jay. got Ryan no, Mountcastle. No, no, no.
1: Jay, no, no, no. Look, you said we're going to talk about prospects on a different podcast. He is not Jay. a prospect. No, no. He's going to lose his spot because of what they have coming up with the system.
0: I know going to get traded. What's going to happen?
1: Okay, look. They got Kobe Mayo, they got Connor Norby, got Jackson Holliday is starting the year on. They got Colton Kauser. they going to
0: trade him? Because how they're, do you not play They're going
1: to have to trade him or some of those or prospects. Ryan Mountcastle, this is my hot take for you. In two years, it's going to be that veteran player that you just can't quit.
0: He, I think he is the guy that I can't quit right now. I, I can't Look, quit the idea of the When him they moved the, top the left field
1: wall player. back, from whatever it was, 30 feet, that killed his
0: power production.
1: No, he still hits a fair amount of doubles. I and, do believe good, it makes for sense good power. to ship
0: him off to, a, but, to get some pitching or something for the Orioles. Can we, I mean, can we get Ryan Mountcastle playing in a field? Oh, I would take God. that. That is a dream, Jason. I'm gonna go to sleep tonight. And think about
1: that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly. We, we are gonna first, wrap first base up with Jay, Jeremy, about Bellinger. Ryan Mountcastle.
0: Uh Jay. Dude, so look at these names we didn't mention: Ty France, Jose Abreu, which I really don't care about anymore. But Ty France is more the one that like we didn't mention. We didn't mention Chris. Chris Bryant. Bryan. Yeah, we didn't mention Chris Bryant. Yeah. I didn't mention Yandy Diaz because it's.
2: I feel like I him. had
0: to give him this season. I know the profile of season, Yanni yeah. Diaz and I agree with you and that's always been his thing. I've talked about Oh, you it on will this let both know he's gonna he hits the ball super hard but he could never elevate the ball. Yeah,
1: he's gonna beat it into the ground. He's
0: gonna beat it into the ground yeah. again. Yeah. That's what I would believe is gonna happen.
1: Yeah, you I agree. hundred percent. You might
0: 100%. hit a ton of singles. That's great. But
1: that's yeah. not what I'm looking for in, for my first baseman. Not for your fantasy. I love baseman. that average. So what are you looking for your, for your fantasy first baseman? This is what you're looking for. Uh, so a roundabout average of the 16 players that we – 16 on the top 20 that we ranked, we came up with the stat line. In a deep head-to-head categories league, you should shoot for good power production at first base. And so a good barometer for that would be 82 runs, 27 home runs, 89 RBIs, 7 Steals, a 273 average, and an 837 OPS. That is the average of the top sixteen players that I ranked. And if you throw Jay's rankings in there, which he's not done, but it it's not that line's not gonna shift that much. That's a pretty good data sample to pull from. Um, keep that in mind. The average player is averaging over 25 home runs, almost 90 RBIs, over 80 runs. And in, in, in today's day and age, anything over 270 is a plus in batting average. And when you get an eight, a 800 plus OPS, I mean, that is an, a great player. Uh, you get that production, and you're looking at a potential third, fourth realtor, um in re-draft leagues. So that being said, I do think the offense environment's changed a little bit. It's uh, you know, but I, our base is as deep as ever.
0: It is like with there's other there's five or ten more names that we could have mentioned. Quick question for you before we move on to third base: Where's CJ Crone going to be playing next year?
1: So, CJ Krohn, I love. Fit for him or but I love
0: him too. He was perfect spot was in Colorado. Yeah. The only
1: other spot I, I, I see, like, Cincinnati would be great, but that would be Noah, great. it would be a nightmare now. With, they have Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, right. Christian Arcanachio Strand. They have Heimer Candelario now. There's I mean, other
0: good landing spots, yeah, yeah, I feel it, like, where cannot, they don't really need it. I feel baseman like DH,
1: CJ so. Krohn. Gave us what he was going to give us in 2021 and 2022 with the Rockies. Yeah. I don't feel like there's a spot where he's going to, Um, you know, where he would, he's not going to do well for fantasy purposes, but you know what I see for a guy like him? I see a team like the Giants signing him and platooning him and Brandon Bell. Bringing Brandon Belt back on a sure. one-year deal, so yeah. he can retire with the Giants, yeah. and then platooning with CJ O'Connor, first yeah. base and DH. Yeah. Right, that both team would could, do that. Yeah, both of them could DH as well. I I don't know. May, maybe uh, it's hard. It's hard. First base is so deep. It's hard to look to see who needs the Cubs need one. I don't think like I don't think his powers. Gonna play in Wrigley. I think he would just be an average power bat. So, anyways, moving on to third base. Jay, let's start with you. What's your top five at third
0: base? Oh man, this is tough, man. Have you had a chance to do this? Um, I'm gonna say I gotta, I gotta change this a little bit. The last minute. All right, if you want me to
1: take the horn, I can. You do it. All right, so. Some people may be surprised by this. Uh, I made a change late last night because I was really thinking about this. But I rank third base like this. Austin Riley, one. Jose Ramirez, two. Rafael Devers, three. Uh, Let's see.
0: Check, guys. Looking at a few things. Who's next? Is it Gunnar Henderson?
1: Yes. And then Nolan Arena wait hold on. No Gunnar I rank sixth. is five. That's yeah. Machado. Yeah. So is. I ranked Machado fourth, Arenado five, and Gunnar Henderson sixth. But we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. So top five. Riley one, Ramirez two, Devers three, Machado four, Arenado five. Yeah, As, mine's
0: very close to yours. I had Riley, Ramirez, Devers. Gunner Henderson, and then a very close race between De La Cruz and Machado, which is kind of makes me feel silly to say, but I'm drinking the Kool Aid right now, man. I really am. This is I perfect. want. This somebody, is perfect. I want ride. somebody to like hit triples and score runs, and I want somebody to steal bases and. You know I'm a Manny Machado owner in both leagues, and I am really rooting for a great comeback season and a healthy full season from him and lots of production from him. But I'm, like, struggling right now. I don't want my expectations to be too high, but I want to see him be a top-30 fantasy player again. We're going to talk about L.A. Dale Cruz here in a minute. Um, Gun to my head, of course I'm going to draft Manny Machado. Over him. <laughs> these, are, these are projections and theoreticals and you know what I mean yes Yes. you know what I would do at that point if I'm left with that option in the draft room
1: between Machado yeah you know
0: I'm picking Machado I mean like I have to just laugh at my own list here but anyways you're
1: talking about Machado versus Adel here Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would take Machado, too. Yeah. But I'm not the L.A. Day Kool-Aid person. If you want to take I'm kind I, of I,
0: drinking I the Kool-Aid right now, man. But we're going
1: to talk about him in a minute. But I want to make sure we don't miss out on this. Look, most redraft people, Jose Ramirez goes in the first round-ish. Um, Austin Riley usually doesn't go until that 2-3 turn in a standard 12-team redraft. You can come out. You want to talk about baseball? Yeah. No, you should probably shut the door. Then we're live on air. But you can come talk about baseball
0: if you yeah. want to. I want to move I was very high on Austin Riley going into last season, and I feel very vindicated with him. Like, and I'm sure that Jake does too. You know, um, who dra- who drafted him? But. I- I was so high on him and I was like wanting to take him, you know, in the in the top, you know, 10 picks or whatever of our draft last year and I feel vindicated with that and I feel comfortable picking him over Jose Ramirez for a couple of different reasons.
1: Yeah, minus counting stats with the Atlanta lineup
0: third baseman for me or corner infielder for me that I want. I love Jose Ramirez stolen bases and everything, but you know, Does that continue? Do we get 25 or 30 stolen bases? I don't yeah. put as much value on those as a whole in the whole picture of a hitter as I used to probably because I realize now that that's what separates, well, what that's just separates those elite guys from, from the rest of them. And, like, I just don't – I don't view him the same as an Ellie De La Cruz or a Bobby Witt Jr. Like, he's just older and he doesn't look like somebody who would steal that many bases. But, I mean, he does and there's no arguing with it. But he's just such a smart, great hitter and baseball player and base runner that it's like I would never take anything away from him.
1: Look, you can go chalk with Ramirez. You can't go wrong with taking him. No, I went no. Riley over him because of the Atlanta lineup. Yeah. But I don't want to spend too much time talking about the top five. I, I don't think many people are going to disagree with that. No. I think the point of contention comes a little bit later. So, Jay, if you will please
0: tell me what your six through ten is. All right. So this is going to be... So the way I've got it, I'm I'm taking Machado over Ellie De La Cruz. So I've got De La Cruz, six, Royce Lewis, oh okay, Spencer okay. Steer, Nolan Arenado, Hasan Kim. Okay, okay, okay. And this um, is kind of hot. I'm yeah, coming in hot. Yeah. Okay. So here,
1: I want to. I've got a hot take – not a hot take, but I've got a point of contention for you. All right. And then I want to talk about Ali De La Cruz afterwards. But you tell me why, and it's okay. I'm not – you know, honestly, we're going to disagree on things. This is the beauty of talking about this on air. Why is Alex Bregman not in your top ten?
0: Specifically. I just, think that, I just think that there's a – I just think with him, he is still great. I just think that there's this steady decline, and it's just it's just nothing but age related, normal statistical decline that you see. He scored
1: 103 runs last year, 25 home runs, 98 RBIs. A two sixty two average is kind of ho hum, but it doesn't hurt you. No, it doesn't hurt. In an eight oh four ops, I mean that is, and I'll allude to this a little bit later. But the, I mean, you cannot really ask for for more. So no. here's I mean, here's my can point of contention. Really on this why are people taking? Why are people so? I don't want to use the term risk-averse. Why are people so turned off on taking the player who is who he is and has been that player for the last five years?
0: There's nothing wrong with him. And I took him I, – I took him – I drafted him several years ago as a first-round, late first-round draft pick. I mean, so I don't know. I guess I'm just – I'm just kind of over him, like, I guess, like, it's an emotional thing. It's, I'm really glad that you brought this years. up. I finally traded him and got what I felt like was a good value for him, and I just kind of, especially for people like us that only play in one or two leagues, like, in, if you're, like, doing this over several different leagues, like, of course I'm going to end up owning shares of Alex Fregman, especially where he's going in drafts, but... Um,
1: Okay, I mean, my list is trash. No, it's okay. ha no, Kim doesn't it, it, belong no. in this list. Of actually, actually no, it's okay. I got ha Kim next on my list. So all right. You're not far off. Look, and I appreciate you saying that because I think the biggest thing of what you just said was you're just over Bregman. Yeah, it's just And a, I think the fantasy like community feeling. as a whole is kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's that vanilla player that people are like, yeah, he is who he is, and he he, got he's kind of a safety net. But yeah. can I get more? And I think that that's, I what, think that's people, what everyone I think is. People wanting are elevating to know people is, over him, more? and he keeps getting right. pushed down. Yeah. This is a guy on redraft leagues who I feel like for the value you're going to get, I mean, you're not going to have to pay much to get him. It's he's falling into the middle of rounds of the draft, which. I think he's a steal yeah. with 103 runs and almost 100 RBIs and 25 home runs and mm-hmm. 262 batting average with an over 800 OPS. But let's talk about L.A. Cruz. So I'm going to start off here. I am not an L.A. Cruz Kool-Aid drinker. Now, I realize this. I preface what I'm about to say by saying this guy just broke into the big league last year like we In have not way. seen what kind of player LED LA Lacruz is going to be but is there a more polarizing player this year to evaluate than him going into the draft season and this is my this is my uh, point of emphasis on a positive and on a negative with him uh okay so if you look at NFBC ADP i'm not looking at it right now but he's been going In like the third round of NFBC draft. Meaning he's being valued as a top 40 player. A top 40 player. Let alone top 50. He's being valued as a top 40 player. Now, what's his stat line from this past year? He only hit 13 home runs and 44 RBIs with A a negative 235 batting average And a 710 OPS Like I know he only Played a partial season but he was Up uh, In late June So you did get You know even if you Like you're never told to do this But if you extrapolate his Numbers 26 home runs 88 RBIs looks Much better But is that still, is that much different from Alex Bregman, who's hitting 25 home runs and almost 100 RBIs? This is my problem. People are going, gaga for this guy. It's because that's what we want. We want the next best thing. What do people look at? Oh, he has 35 steals. Oh, this guy's hitting in Great American Small Park. Yeah, I agree. There's a world where I can see him being a first-round player this year. Am I going to drink that Kool-Aid and take him there? Absolutely not. Here's why. I've got another credible source. Jason Martinez over at Roster Resource, who does a great job. And uh, all the other people with him that put that site together of pegging players in the lineup where he projects them, where they project them to be. And they've done this for years and they're very accurate when they put people in uh, pitching rotation or in the lineup. Like after a day of the signing happening. L.A. De La Cruz has been projected at various points to hit eighth. on Eight on roster resource. Now I know, Cincinnati has... Lots of moving parts and lots of good hitters. But on one hand, you've got experts in the community drafting this guy as a third-round player. On the other hand, you've got somebody, experts in the community, putting him at a projected eighth in the batting lineup. And then the stats that he has, a 235 average and a 710 OPS tells me he doesn't belong in the third round. He belongs closer to the bottom of the lineup. But it's all its all a question because they're tantalizing potential. So this is where I'm going to give it to you. All
0: right, I'm going to Knowing answer. Knowing all
1: this, what do you, where, what do you to, have to say about Ali I'm day going to to answer.
0: I'm going to answer your contentions and your questions in two ways. First, let's focus on him. I... I think you there. I, you, there's a good chance that you are right. You think about think about managing the Reds in 2024. Okay, it makes sense. Can you have him go out there every day and knowing who their manager is? Can you have him go out there every day and strike out three times, batting in the top part of the lineup? No, you you put him at the bottom of the lineup. You give him four good at bats hope for the best, hope he gets on base, steals a base, hits a triple, scores a run when the top of the order, your sluggers come up. I mean, it makes sense. Like, what you're saying makes sense to me. It passes the eye test to me that he could end up hitting you in the bottom You think he'll feel like a Michael Harris role? Michael Harris could. back now Yeah, lineup. I think he could because think about managing the team day in and day out. Like, You can't have these guys go up. You know, they know the statistics and the analytics now. You know that he's going to strike out a bunch of times. You can't put him at the top every day for 160 games and think that that's going to work out good for your team. Your team's going to score a bunch of runs. I get, I I agree with you. Like, so where is, does
1: that leave but, Ellie Cruz's counting stats if he's consistently batting in the bottom half of the lineup because I mean, of his average? Let me answer this in another way too. Because that's what we're all about. This is a numbers game, is it not? It is.
0: So let me let me answer it with another statistic or statistics here okay you were calling a polarizing player and he absolutely is who are the other let's call them polarizing players in terms of versus adp ranking versus adp on this list okay let's just name off all the other players that and this is from fantasy pros okay like this isn't maybe as um, drilled down but I'm just going to mention, like, five or six names that are ranked um, a lot differently than their ADP, okay? Okay. Hassan Kim. Okay. Spencer Steer. Okay. Yandy Diaz, to an extent. Matt Chapman. Ryan McMahon. Jorge Polanco. Jordan Westberg. Okay? This is... So, so what are you so saying about that group of what players? What I'm saying is that... In that group of players, who am I taking first and throw L.A. De La Cruz in that list of players? I'm taking him over all those other players. Oh, you're taking Jordan Westbrook. No, I'm
1: got. I I have to get you out there. No, it's okay. Look, look. I'm setting this up for debate. Look, I'm not stupid. I rank L.A. De La Cruz ninth. okay? I do realize the potential. Right, sure. I'm just not going to be the guy that's going to get him when I'm ranking him ninth. I'm not taking the plunge. Like, tell you what, I mentioned Michael Harris. There are some similarities there, but Michael Harris is a much better bet for a higher average yeah. and a better OPS. He's just hitting ninth because of and his other players. Like, He's not knocking Acuna on the top spot, so his only avenue towards the top of the order would be to knock Albies down, which there's there's a chance there. Well,
0: but, Albies was projected to hit in the bottom of their lineup going into last season, yeah, and, and he they is flip so up. good, and he just... He just absolutely hit his way into that second spot, and there was no change. And Michael
1: Harris did better when they put him in the yes. ninth spot yes. as opposed to his two spots. So, so anyways, I can see that. Happening. Not to make
0: this about him, this is about Ellie. No, but you're right. Like, and does he get over 600 at bats this season? That's like, the other thing. No, I don't no. think he does. When you're hitting, ninth a lot low of in the do And, and
1: he he plays so hard, like. I worry that, you know... And this he, is the keeper versus
0: redrafting, man. He's like, still
1: building into his body. I worry that he's going to get hurt, too. Is he going to end up I, in the in I, the I think field? he'll get 500-plus plate appearances.
0: Is but he I one don't, of these big athletic shortstops that ends up not being a shortstop? Well, no, I baseman? think... It,
1: well, if, or does he stay Look, you and in I went to
0: a Reds game.
1: LA, De L.A. Cruz is not built... Like Eloy Jimenez, okay, he's very athletic and he's slender, yes, so yes. he's got room to grow into his frame. But he is very tall. Um, yeah. Long term, I don't know that he projects as a shortstop, but for right now, he's fine. Sure. I, I don't have concerns about that. I mean, the way he plays the game, like steals so many bases. Like, is he the kind of guy that's going to jam a wrist sliding into second base? Is he the kind of guy that, you know, is going to have ankle or groin problems as he gets a little bit older? But that that's years to come down the line. You know, my main point of contention with him is where he's being taken and where he's actually going to hit in that line. But any, anyways, I, I think we hit the hammer and the nail there with the different variant views on him. Um, wrapping things up.
0: Uh, 11 through 15 Well I didn't
1: say my 6 through 10 And then we'll go right in 11 through 15 I have yeah. Gunnar Henderson 6 But you didn't know he scored over 100 runs Last year oh, I, mean, I, I know he's rookie of the year but I was kind of surprised to see that I know he had a good year but I didn't know yeah. I guess, uh, He in the
0: top half of that line yeah. Like day in and day out um, Good I, for him man I rank That's, that's big time it is. He, he made the big time in a big
1: way. I'm the Bregman guy. I rank him seventh. I rank Max Monsey eighth. Hmm. Did you know that even despite I the 212 average, Fade, man, he hit 30. Let's see, where we at? He hit 36 home runs and 105 RBIs with 95 runs. That Dodgers lineup is just so good. There is three. Two lineup for sure that are just so good. It doesn't matter where you hit. Your county stats are going to be amazing. That's Atlanta and L.A. Cincinnati has the potential to get there just because of the venue that they play their home games in. But if you are batting in the L.A. and the L.A. lineup and you're regular, your county stats are going to be great. And uh, so I rank him eighth. I rank Ellie De La Cruz nine, and then Royce Lewis. i rank ten. ten. Um, small sample size with him. Obviously, the injury bug is it's the one that holds him down, you know. But if we got like shoot a full, healthy 150 ish game season from him, he'll probably return value on investment at you know third base ten. So I, I think. I think a lot of people are high on him, too. Um, my 11 through 15 goes... I have... Sorry, it was... These are all in a jumbled order here. Ah, oh, you're good, man. But I have Hashan Kim, 11. I have Jake Berger, 12. I have a Spencer Steer, 13. I have...
0: Um... 14. You like Jake Berger in Miami? I do for the power. I'm sorry, man. I'm no, no, you're good, man.
1: 14 and 15. I have Eugenio Suarez, 15. Who? who do, oh, Jaime Canvalario. He's 14. So I got and Kim, 11. Jake Berger, 12. Spencer Tier, 13. Jaime Canvalario, 14. And Eugenio Suarez, 15. It just gets so
0: hard, man. It, it does. It gets so re- hard, right? Jake Berger
1: this. hit thirty-four home runs in a ballpark that's not easy to hit. I know. Home I really, in.
0: if you pick Jake Jake Berger in the top fifteen, you did not pick the wrong booger. I totally agree. <laughs> or the wrong I'm, burger. Right. I'm tempted to put him on that list. I really was, and I I faded Max Muncy, and like he's outside of my top fifteen. But the counting's ass. I can't get over the counting. Size. And he it, still man. got the power. He hit thirty six home
1: runs. It's the same I thing. Want, you know who people I, are sleeping I, I'm tempted on
0: is to take the high average of a Yandy Diaz over Max Muncy. It's it, you can only, only want, have
1: so many cash word types
0: on your that's, team. I get that's it. Right. You can only have so many of those guys. Like I'm tempted to take somebody, and even like I mean, I mean Jordan Walker. I mean, again, we're going with this like. Young upside keeper versus redrafting. I mean, even even in a redraft league, like I'm I'm taking Jordan Walker over over Max Muncie. Jordan
1: Walker is a guy I thought about, but I left him off my list. So who do you have 11, through 15?
0: Um, I've got Josh Jung, Jordan Walker, Yanni Diaz, Encarnacion Strand, and it's at that point it's between. Max Muncy, Jake Berger. Okay. Probably one of those two guys. All right. So... This look is, who we left off this list. I know. Ezekiel Drog. Brian Drury. Primary Mary which he made your top 15. Jordan Westbrook. Jordan
1: Westbrook, I think I'm going to own a lot of shares this year. He is. If he really is getting
0: drafted in... 200 to 250? Yes. I don't yeah, know for Yahoo,
1: but yeah, if his value is that if low, that
0: really is like that in March, He's going to be
1: second, third, and short eligible at some point. I know last year he was dual. That's doula. part
0: of what makes Hassan Kim so valuable. I mean, in... in well, what, what makes Hassan Kim so valuable is he stole 38 bases. Right. And, and just s- his value to that situates team. himself on top of that lineup. The th- things have things have shaken out in San Diego. I feel now where you realize where the pieces
1: fall. His defense brings a lot of value, which keeps him on the field. And the and then this was the first year where we were like, oh, you know, his pat the ball skills really play there in a spacious has, ballpark yeah, like and that. And has
0: he pushed himself into the top of the lineup almost every day now? Versus a guy like, I mean. Um, well, You I know, think Cronenworth used to hit in the top of the lineup And now he's like probably five Because it's, it's the average right. I think average has- Kim is the perfect compliment For
1: Tatis Because when Tatis isn't on Or is doing Polarizing things in the well, negative way I think Kim cannot,
0: Tatis? I don't think Behind so him?
1: I think Tatis should still lead off Because in today's game You want to give the most appearances to, to To the best players Yeah well, yeah, I still am with the old school thought that I like the idea of having my best hitter hitting third. But now in today's game a fantasy perspective, why do you think Shohei Otani bats second all the yeah. time? Yeah. you know, you, it's just it gets yeah. you more volume, more plate. Yeah, what well
0: we, yeah, we used to think of the second hitter as a second best, baseman, like your best contact hitter.
1: Yes. I used to look at it this way. Or back someone in the day, who can
0: hit thirty home runs, you know, from the second base position or something like that.
1: I looked Even at you know, back in the like nineties when we were like, growing right. up, you know, as kids watching baseball. I used to your leadoff hitter was your speed guy, right. your best guy to get on base, and he was going to steal bases. Yeah, he was Kenny Lofton. Right, your second hitter was your best contact hitter. Your guy that best your best bet in, to move the leadoff hitter from first to third base with a single. Your third hitter was your best player, your yeah. best offensive player. Your cleanup guy was your best power hitter. That wasn't your best player, and then hopefully your five bat was a good power bat. But then it
0: starts to fall down from there. There's been a lot of times where they've tried to inject power into the number two. Like
1: Shohei Ohtani, right? Yeah, and or Kyle Schwarber batting leadoff, right? That's a, that's a new age thing. It never spots, used to be like right. that, you know. He didn't even hit two hundred last year, and he was one of the best leadoff hitters. It's, <laughs> just because you know, he walks so much.
0: I think what you realize too is that the difference between like in the two hole, like you got the difference between someone who hits three hundred. And someone who's going to end up hitting like two thirty, maybe hit a bunch of home runs. Is I, I agree with you. Like now, it's like the best. It's one of the best hitters.
1: So let's let's wrap this podcast up with this. Um, I uh, talked about that ideal stat line for first baseman. The ideal stat line for third baseman looks like this. Top my top sixteen rank averaged out uh, eighty runs. 25 home runs, 83 RBIs, 10 steals, 261 average, and an 802 OPS. Somewhat similar to first base, but first base beats it in all the categories by just a a bit more uh, except for steals. But if you take ha Kim's 38 steals away, third base steals totals almost gets cut in half. So... You're really looking at uh, first base is just better across the board, but third base is better this year than it was last year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know we've gone long today. We really appreciate the special appearance from our co-commissioner and the fantasy premier, Lee, Luke Funkhauser. We are so happy to be back on air again. We're so excited for the new year. I think in our next show, we should uh, talk about second base and shortstop and make some New Year resolutions for our 2024 fantasy season. Jay, do you have anything you want to say before we cut off air?
0: Um, I want to say that my third base list is a little jacked up, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a work in progress it right It is now, definitely guys. You a work are in seeing, progress, You I are know. seeing the inner workings. It's hard, it's hard for me to place... It, it is hard for me to place guys like Alex Bregman and Nolan Arenado on this list. And I I, I kind of left them out. And that's a, that you can see like the mistake that I'm making. And you can see like what it is that I'm looking for You're in some for of upside. these other guys. And exactly. When you shoot
1: for upside, exactly guys that are solid, steady eddies get pushed down the
0: board. Exactly. And that's, you, you can kind of see You that gotta happening. figure out where you draw that line Yes, you do, spot. you absolutely do It is hard at this point, cause you've got You're talking about young guys, you're talking about Guys that had these huge Flashes, and like Hassan Kim Who, all oh, that's great, you can hit Over 300, you can steal 30-40 bases, but In the end, that's gonna I'm. I'm gonna realize like What that really means And where are you really drafting a guy like that? Is he in the top 100? What's his ADP going to be in March? Is he going to be in the top 100? No. No, it's not. Nope. No. Would I be an absolute idiot to take him over Alex Bregman or Nolan Arenado? Yeah. That'd be really dumb. So. I, got a little I, work to do I on think we list. can wrap there. Jay's an idiot. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. <laughs> Jay, it has been a pleasure. I am so looking forward to talking more of baseball in 2024. You have yourself a happy new year, you and your family. Uh, I am um, excited to start our new endeavors in, in next year, so... You too, uh,
0: man. Maybe it's going to be shortstop next time. Maybe it's going to be outfield. Maybe it's going to be second base. I think we should do middle infield, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. All right. I think after the conversation we just had about some of these guys, I think that is the. Yes, absolutely. The perfect next step, and yeah, we might have to do middle infield versus and just outfielders too, and get make the list a little bit longer. Yeah. Then fifteen.
1: Well, that being said. This is Fantasy Baseball Advocates signing off. I'm Jason. I'm Jay. Happy New Year. Be well.